feeling of being fooled, but also a not unpleasant realization at how foolish they had been to be so eager. How could I have believed in mermaids? Viewers' betrayal mixed with being humbled, both a wish and a form of curiosity. Curiosities being Barnum's name for the array of exhibits, freaks, and humbugs presented in his rather elegant American museum, bought from its former proprietor in 1841. Of course, there would have been a quite different reaction had Barnum marketed his humbug as, say, the Massachusetts mermaid. Turns out he had, in fact, earlier tried out a far less successful Dorchester mermaid. The advertisement promises exoticness, seen in Barnum's phonetic spelling of the island of Fiji, that both preys on and plays with provinciality. The name Fiji Mermaid also suggests not just where this is found, or what could be found there, but an idea, however subtle, that this ugly, dried-up, black-looking, and diminutive specimen, as Barnum later put it, just might be what passes for a mermaid in that lesser foreign land. This would only grow worse when he exhibited several actual Fijians and at least one African-American as Fiji cannibals in 1872, their foreignness, or rather nativeness, their only freakishness. The mermaid worked exactly because it provided the mix of shame and superiority that constitutes the humbug. In his fascinating survey, Humbugs of the World, 1866, Barnum draws a distinction between humbugs and what we might call hoaxes. Barnum objects to Webster's definition. Humbug, as a noun, is an imposition under fair pretenses, and as a verb, it is to deceive, to impose on. With all due deference to Dr. Webster, I submit that, according to present usage, this is not the only, nor even the generally accepted definition of that term. Barnum's mention of Noah Webster is important, given Webster's emblematic Americanness, as historian Jill Lepore recounts. In putting out his call for a new dictionary, Webster set out not just to define American usage, but to capture the American language. Sixty-six years after Webster first declared his intention to make a dictionary of the American language, Barnum means to define humbug as an American idea and ideal. This raises a central question. Is there something especially American about the hoax? Where the 18th century was the hoax's height in Britain, the 19th century starred the United States so much so that someone at the time called it the age of imposture. Hoaxing would ironically prove one key way 19th-century America sought to establish its bona fides after the fact, just as, a century before, Shakespearean fakes and finds were attempts to claim ancestry and British culture's supremacy. The age of reason gave way to romanticism, which prized truth, originality, mystery, and beauty, while also including a bevy of fakers who capitalized on those very things. In contrast, born in the 18th century as an adult, critic Curtis McDougall writes in his comprehensive 1940 study, Hoaxes, the United States during the 19th century felt the lack of a childhood with its rich memories and cherished traditions. This lack led to a host of hoaxes, 
there's indeed a powerful, persistent notion that the American character is filled not just with tall tales and sideshows, but also with con men and fake Indians, pretend blacks and imposter prophets with masks and money. Barnum reaches for the public in order to delineate the difference between swindlers, forgers, imposters, cheats, and humbug. We will suppose, for instance, that a man with fair pretenses applies to a wholesale merchant for credit on a large bill of goods. His fair pretenses comprehend an assertion that he is a moral and religious man, a member of the church, a man of wealth, etc., etc. It turns out that he is not worth a dollar, but is a base, lying wretch, an imposter and a cheat. He is arrested and imprisoned for obtaining property under false pretenses or as Webster.